pull up a bar stool. Yeah, we got a good one today. I'll have John Robinson back on with me. That's JR, my business manager, backup CEO. So we're going to be talking entrepreneurship stuff. Um, and our focus is going to be ultimately on your branding story. And um, before we get there, I'm going to have an interesting story about my contact <laughs> that uh, is a little ridiculous. And hopefully you can laugh at me. But I uh, hope, hope you enjoy this one. Sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumer.com and John Lumer Digital on Facebook. Here's another edition of the Social Media Podcast where each week we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on entrepreneurship. I got John Robson, JR, a business manager, backup CEO, back on the show. How you doing, JR? I'm doing amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm not doing well. I lost oh. in fantasy in both leagues. Yeah, so this isn't a good start to my Christmas holiday season. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, you're not, though. <laughs> and, and you shouldn't, you're lucky because oh, you beat crazy your lucky. wife. You beat your wife, and she didn't even play Odell Beckham. Yeah, I, well, yeah, she didn't, she didn't start Beckham. There's a long story. I actually thought it was over and I lost. Uh, but well, you and I will talk about that off, off air. Um, now, before we get started, I actually have a story to tell that's not fantasy sports related. Oof, okay. Did you, did you see my Facebook post? Because I, I feel like it. this, it's it's kind of ridiculous, but I think it's related to life and entrepreneurship and everything else. So don't cheat and go ahead and look at it right now. So this morning, I was getting ready for my day and, uh, you know, put my contacts in, did all that kind of stuff. Um I'll take off, take JJ to school. I noticed my right eye was blurry and uh, quickly realized, you know, once again, I think my contacts folded up in my eye, which is like the worst. And this happens to me all the time. Or not oh all the time, gosh. but like probably once a month, right? So I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll deal with it later. Uh, so I take JJ to school, go get coffee, come back. One of the first things I do, go, you know, see if I can try to get this, take care of this thing. Um, quickly realize it's not easy to take out. So it must be up, you know, in the top of my eye. So I go through this whole ritual that I have, like rubbing my eyelid and like blinking and squinting hard and, and like squirting stuff in it. And like, it's starting, and, and, you know, I still, I'm like touching my eye and it's getting all irritated and stuff. And then, uh, you know, okay, I, I couldn't find it, so I won't deal with it. Come back to it like an hour later, try again. Like my eyes getting all red and irritated now, and it's like now it's getting frustrating. I'm getting really annoyed by it, and I'm also kind of visualizing like when I can actually get this out, how how good it's going to make me feel, you know? Because <laughs> it's like it's driving me crazy, and I'm I feel it now like at the top, and like oh it's driving me nuts. I go for a run, uh, and I come back from my run. And I see Lisa, she's getting in the car. She's like, did you get my text? I'm like, no. She's like, I found your contact on the toilet seat. My contact wasn't even in my eye that entire time. Wow. So, lesson learned here, though, 
is like how much energy and stress was there. And I caused myself physical pain because of a problem I talked myself into there to believing there was. Mm. Right? Um, so that problem didn't exist. Contact just wasn't in my eye. It wasn't folded over. It wasn't in the top of my eye. I convinced myself after rubbing rubbing the eyelid and everything else that I could even feel it in there. That wasn't my contact. <laughs> so it's just kind of uh, the power of the mind sometimes uh, and how we can make our own lives more difficult. And uh, yeah, it was a good lesson learned and kind of ridiculous at the same time. Very ridiculous. I agree. <laughs> so anyway, what did you want to talk about today, Jr.? So today, I want to talk about mm, the John Lumber brand. Mm. And we haven't really talked a lot about it. And I'm going to use a framework called my story brand. So for those that may know the framework, uh, that's what we're going through today. And I know that I have watched many entrepreneurs struggle on the audience they want to serve. And, and that's what I want to go into today a little bit, uh, you know, discussing the audience and what you know and what you believe and what you make up in your head about the audience. So that's what I want to talk about. Okay. So let's go. So your character, and let's say the audience is a character and this is a play. What do, you, what do your customers want? as it relates to your product or service. What, what do you believe they want? They're the star of our show. They're the main character. What do they want? I mean, I think there's many um, different profiles we could look at there, but at its core, um, more confidence in their Facebook advertising so they can find success promoting whatever it is they're promoting. Hmm, okay, so they, they want, the main thing they want is confidence. So when I think of like the, the character, they, they also have a problem. So we know what they want. They want more confidence. Now, what problems do you notice that, um, that the, the typical character, the typical customer have? Like what, what, are, their, what are the root cause of their problems? Um, they may have low budget, very little experience, not sure what to look for, um, listening to the wrong voices, uh, looking for shortcuts. That's just a, a list of the few. I, I like that. And when I think about, as again, we're talking about a performance here, we're talking about characters, we're talking about problems. If there's a villain to add to this whole performance here called the John Loomer experience, what would the, what would the villain be in, in this business model for customers? Uh, I mean, the villain I always envision is the one who makes quick guarantees that make talks these advertisers into believing that the stuff is easy and, just use this simple formula 
to make thousands or millions of dollars and it's easy. Yeah, I would say that too. There, there are a lot of villains out there when you have characters of people, customers that are looking to build their confidence in Facebook ads or advertising in general, social media advertising. That is one villain that shows up for sure is the, the villain who over promises and under delivers as well. Because I think as people start to you know, join a community that this villain has created or done a training and it doesn't go well, I think it causes a bit of apprehension for people to try somebody else. So there's definitely a problem with that for sure. What, what do you think, what else, you know, kind of shows up as like even a philosophical dilemma that, that you see your customers having in general when they're trying to build their confidence up in Facebook ads? Um, I think it's just, it's a matter of uh, understanding benchmarks, um, sample size, like what, what are the levers, what causes, what results in good results and bad results? How do your actions impact um, the performance of your ads? Um, just un- just understanding the, the various things that you can do to impact the results mm-hmm. and knowing that it's kind of limitless and it's just it's not a simple matter of there's like one answer to how you get th- get things done just lots of things you can try how, how much is certainty tied to the confidence building because when I just listen to you say that I was sitting there thinking are they wanting certainty because it sounds like there's a lot of experimenting when it comes to Facebook ads, there's a lot of levers, there's a lot of moving parts. So how do you ever really know something works? Right, I think that's that's part of it, right? So they, yeah. they want certainty. And the truth is that, look, you can find something that's a go-to strategy that works really, really well for you. Mm-hmm. And it may work really well for you, it doesn't mean it works well for others. It's not not a great strategy for other people. But it also could be that it's working right now. It may not work six months from now. So that's the danger of um, buying into that, that level of certainty. Like, there's a certain level of certainty, temporary certainty. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is customized, though, based on your own situation. So what are your own assets? What's your brand? What is it you're promoting? How big is your audience? How well known are you? Uh, how much budget do you have? You know, is the product any good? Like all this, what's the reputation? So all that stuff is the backdrop to: Are you going to have any success in the first place? What industry are you in? Um, and then it's a matter of what do you try because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's there are limitless things to try and limitless yeah. level levers to pull to determine to help help you potentially get success so it it is complicated but that my main goal is to help give you confidence and understanding what those levers levers are and what are the things you can try and one and understanding whether or not certain options are even right for you in the first place um and just just give you a fuller understanding of all the features and tools and strategies out there as opposed to telling you follow my my lead and do what I tell you to do. 
I, I've never thought about this before this way until I just heard you say that. And it sounds like you're in the business of authenticating expectations. Like when we talk about that villain, that villain is overpromising. And, you know, when you see villains overpromise, what do you think the customers feel when they have a villain that well, is overpromising? It depends. In some cases, they're giving them what they need. Mm-hmm. And they think, here's my solution. Um, and they buy into it. Um, and maybe what they try works. Mm-hmm. Maybe they talked themselves into believing it, it worked at least well enough to say this person's a genius. Um, I think uh, more often than not, what you're going to have is when it's that type of approach, it's going to be some disappointment. Um, even if it's short-term buy-in, long-term, you may not buy into it eventually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's partly the, the personality in terms of what you do, how you respond to that type of villain in the first place. Yeah, I, I, I like that. There's there's a part, and we'll move on from the problems that, that our customers have or prospects have. But before doing that, is there one problem that you just think is just plain wrong? Like you don't want your customers to be burdened by this problem ever again. Anything show up for you? I mean, not just uh, uh, not knowing who to, whom to target. I mean, I feel like that's always the one issue that comes up so often that I feel like is um, you should at least have a, a strategy for developing a warm audience. Mm-hmm. You should at least have a priority list, an, under, an understanding of what all your options are for targeting and understanding how important that is. So so, so how, did, how did you nail the audience for PHC Elite and Basic. Did you write it all out the same way you just recommended? Um, I, I guess I'm not following what you're, you're talk about PHC Elite and Basic. I yeah, guess. so just meaning, just meaning when when I guess I guess what you, I'm mis- mixing up right now is you're just talking about the the audiences to target ads to, correct? Correct. Yeah, and I was I mix it up with thinking about the audiences you want to serve, because I, I, they're to it's me one and the two same. different. They're similar, but they're two different things. Okay. Because uh, for me, the, the targeting is all like who you want to serve. You should probably determine that upfront as well. Yes, mm-hmm. and that could be part of your larger strategy for I, I'm brand new, new brand. I don't know where to start. What do these people look like? What do they do? You know that kind of thing. Let's start targeting people who looks who look like that. But ultimately, yeah. you're going to have loyal readers. Mm-hmm. You're going to have people engage with you on Facebook. They watch your videos. You're going to have people who are on your email list who have bought from you before. Um, we need to leverage those people who have shown you, slapped you in the face, and said, "I care about what you have to say." Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's one of my primary goals to help people understand. We need to focus on them first. Second, we need to focus on building that audience to make it bigger because it works. Yeah. And and I don't know why the word empathy shows up to me when you just describe like, okay, when you start listening to the customer and 
you know, start seeing their engagement with, with your content. They, you know, asking questions, they're, you know, they're signing up for trainings, they're signing up for, you know, membership models, you name it. Does, is there a part of empathy on trying to dig deeper to understand, you know, what's going on with, with that prospect or that character? Is there surveys? Like what have you done in the past to better understand who you're, you know, ideal customer might be? Uh, I mean, part of it's just listening. And mm-hmm. I mean, we get a lot of feedback, questions that come in through the website, through the Facebook page, comments, comments on blog posts, comments on Facebook posts, and understanding, you know, where pe- people's pain points are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's also kind of understanding the pain points I, and remembering the pain points I went through myself. Right. Um, so I mean, it's, it's multi-layered. Well, as someone out there that is considering, you know, to do something like you've done, what tips would you give them on how you demonstrated your competency in solving? And we'll just use the problem of, of not having a high level of confidence in Facebook ads. Well, how, how did you demonstrate your competency in it to where people believed you? I mean, it's a, a level of honesty, mm-hmm, okay, and and being sh- and being clear about what you know and what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Spending a lot of energy and focus on the stuff you you're, conf- you're confident about, but not faking it, like knowing oh people want want to know the answer to this and claim I've got the answer to it when I don't. Yeah, um, I think I think that helps people understand that you're human and that. Uh, sometimes there's not a clear answer or you don't have all the answers and getting all the answers may be hard. But, um, you know, for me, yeah, it's, it's a matter, it's been mostly a matter of focus and understanding, you know, what it is that, that I'm, I already have that highest level of comp- confidence in and uh, starting there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that makes complete sense to me. And and what shows up even after that is once you've done that, do you feel like you've given a plan, a a roadmap, um, guidance without them ever really having to buy, like building trust along the way? Oh yeah, yeah I mean, I think that's part of my approach. Is that I think with a lot of People who do the stuff that we do, it's a, it's they put up a big wall. It's like mm-hmm. uh, they convince you that there's a whole lot that they can tell you, but they're not going to tell you unless you pay them, mm-hmm. and that they've got the answers for you. Um, and so it's there's a lot of convincing that has to go go there. Where, but whereas for me, I give you a lot up front. Um, they're really, I mean, there's a, there's a wall eventually, I guess, yeah. but, um, you know, I invite everybody in and I realize that, you know, everyone has value for, you know, interacting with my stuff as well, that they can help share it. Even if it's not right for them, it might be right for them. Eventually they can also mm-hmm. learn more about my style and whether it's right for them, um, before buying something. Cause I don't want some, someone who's a bad fit to sign up for PHC or, sign up for a training program. So yeah, it's, I I like that because 
what you just described was this idea of agreements that you have with your prospects. Because you're like listing out agreements you can have with them before they become customers. And just the way that you state that this might be for you, this might not be for you. I mean, I think you've even done quizzes before, right? To to build up if someone is going to be a you know good fit or not a good fit. Yeah, so... And that's a couple of years ago now where I had this 30-question quiz. And based on how you did, I would say, oh, because I used to do these beginner trainings and beginner free webinars. I did intermediate training, intermediate free webinar. So based on how you did, I'd recommend you know, either one of those two free webinars or it's like, hey, you know your stuff. Maybe the PHC is right for you kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is more for an advanced audience. So. Um, that's, that's one way I approached it back in the day. Are there any other tips that you would share on alleviating any fears that people have in doing business with you? And this is, again, when they're a prospect. Are you a, a, a guarantee guy, a, a, you know, all satis- full satisfaction? Like, what, what do you what have you done in the past and what's worked to alleviate fears of doing business with you when they maybe not really known you that well. Well, I mean, whenever someone's unsure about, you know, should I sign up for this training or should I I sign up for PHC? I'm like, well, don't. If you're (laughs) unsure, there's lots of free stuff to consume to help convince you. you I think people are sometimes confused when they're like, okay, I'm thinking about this. Convince me. I'm like, no. (laughs) I'm not going to convince you. Like if you buy into my approach based on you know the free webinar, uh, the way I do do things there, or based on the free content that I write or anything else, all these other touch points that you can engage with, if that's not enough to to convince you that there's gonna be value in this paid product, that maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, that maybe my teaching style is right for you. Um, don't sign up. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, everybody's different. Um, but because I think there's a lot of hard sell going on and people think you need to, um, it, that's a missed opportunity if you're not talking everyone into to buying something from you. But I just think that creates uh, more more work ultimately if you, you're talking people into something that it may not be a good fit. And then you have to deal with now you got an unhappy customer. Yeah. Do you, do you hear my dog eating in the background? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> well, she hasn't eaten all day, so she's been sick. And then all of a sudden, she just decides to eat for the first time. So I can't stop her. So you can hear her in the background. Nice. So, so I, I like that you talk about direct calls to action and transitional calls to action. And the transitional is, you know, hey, experience some free content here. You know, hey, sign up for a free seminar um, versus sell, 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 sell the whole time, like this direct call to action. And with you going with that approach, do you believe that it's helped retention? I think so, because I I think those who who join my community, um, you know, I'm not saying everybody joins it and knows what they're getting into. But more than I think than the typical community, or not just community, but signs up for training program, they know what they're getting into for the most part. And um, 
So it's pretty rare that we have people who jump in there like, this is not at all what I was expecting. Like, well, do you expect me to be a different person? You know, from because the, the problem becomes, you know, uh, people just just uh, find me only based on a recommendation, uh, which, you know, recommendations are good, but they can be bad in this case, too, because if they haven't experienced me in any other way except for buying this product and they don't know what to expect, they're going to they're going to have unrealistic expectations. So, um, yeah, I think I think the, the free side of things really helps uh, limit that. It does, and and I thought not only is it about retention, but it it reduces the likelihood of just bad reviews out there, and and you know by getting them building their confidence up because that's what you said earlier is like what co- most care- customers want or prospects want is to build their their confidence up in Facebook ads, and if you're purposely doing that like a confidence building funnel of you know, the, all these activities, then it does reduce that likelihood that they will leave quickly and tell bad stories. So for those that are listening, for sure, there's, there's tremendous, there's more value than I expected out of free content until we just connected those dots. So yeah, thanks. I, yeah, I'd say it's pretty, pretty rare that we have, that we have to offer a, a refund for anything. And to be clear, I'm, I, I don't fight refunds at all, um, but if I if anyone wants a refund, it's pretty rare. Um, I, I I wish that we would investigate that a little bit more to find out how they found me in the first place when they want a refund. Mm-hmm. Like, is this someone who just found me via Google search, or just a recommendation from someone else, or or what? Because I think in most cases it's just because their expectations didn't line up with reality. And they didn't know who I was and what I was what I was all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that would be great customer um, segmentation or customer work to customer data work, really, to to find that out. So as I was taking you through this this my story brand frame, we started with the character, which is you know the prospect or the customer and what what they want. We determine the, the problem, you know, what are the problems with the external, internal, philosophical, the villain, you know, who, who are we there to, to address? And then we went to the empathy and, and why we are an authority and like, okay, this is how, this is what we know about how they feel and this is how we can help them. And then we go to giving them a, a plan and, and a process and, and making some agreements um, the next thing after what we just went through was the call to action or the, the, the positive changes, you know, that customers experience in, after, you know, going, doing a webinar or after, you know, joining one of the communities, what are, what are some of the positive changes that, that you intend when, you know, you're bringing onboarding new customers? Were the positive changes in their own advertising? You're saying it could be that. So, so here's what here's what shows up for me. So when I when I think of someone who, you know, I think there was a training this week, wasn't there? Was this week or last week? Uh, week, last, week. Last, last week. Last week. Yeah, last week. So you know, we have someone that jumps on a training, and the positive change is their confidence is boosted. They may have a new capability. 
Um, you know, they may, they may, you know, have some new ideas. I mean, those are, those are changes that, that I see quickly through, through just a training class. Sure. I mean, are there any other changes that you look toward, you know, when you're designing training or when you designed the PHC elite and PHC basic? Yeah, look, I mean, uh, this isn't a matter of guaranteeing, guaranteeing things and whatnot, but what I love to see is when you see people who now their confidence is raised, the results mm-hmm. have improved to the point where they're bringing on new staff, their company's growing, you know. One of my favorite stories is from, oh, man, it was like five years ago. Do you remember this about the farm that was going to go out of business? <sighs> Yeah, and that's right. I think both the husband and wife were sick, or at least the wife definitely yeah. was sick. The wife and, was sick. And, um, you know, the story he sent me about how this new confidence he had in Facebook ads, ads helped save the business. And, yeah. Um, so that, that kind of stuff is pretty awesome. Now, the, the level of new confidence you get and the impact is going to be different for everybody, but that's the kind of things I look out for. I, I like that too. And there's one that I would add that I'm not sure if we've really thought about that in the design, but this idea of generosity is like giving the, I, I think that's a positive change when, when people don't jump in the communities and they start asking great questions and answering questions, like being real generous. That's what shows up for me too. Oh, absolutely. I, I love when the, the community thrives to the point where it's like people take ownership of their, their role. I, mean, I don't want to call it a responsibility, but they, they have a role there as well. And then it's almost a matter of giving back and understanding the more they give, you know, the more they get back and uh, the value of other people there. And it's pretty great. But I think that's even, I mean, that's their core value for you. Like with, with even creating this value funnel of giving generously in the beginning with all you know free content and things like that you want the kind of people who are generous back you know when they join the communities so that helps retention yeah and to be clear i'm not one of those people like i gave you something so i expect (laughs) you to give me something (laughs) right right. so it's it's not that it's but it's uh it's kind of setting that tone for um, you know that we are we are a community that we're sharing experiences and we're not keeping anything private from other people. It's not a competition with with the other advertisers. Um, so it's you know hopefully they get something out to the point where they want to give to others within that community. Yeah, no, that's good. So one last thing. When, you know, we, we help with these positive changes, you know, with, with new customers and when they use a new product or service, what do you think if they never try you at all? Like, what, what is the failure? What's the possible failure? And this isn't about trying to say, hey, join, you know, PHC Elite or PHC Basic, but, but this idea of you've got someone whose confidence isn't really high and Facebook ads in general What's the failure if they don't, you know, enjoy some of their free content or don't, um, you know, do trainings and things like that? It depends what type of personality they are. Mm. So, I mean, if they're a self-starter, 
to a point where uh, you know they have reasonable expectations and they they want to they love to experiment and learn things on their own. Um, they don't feel like they need the help of others, um, and you can thrive in that type of atmosphere. That's, I mean, I, I don't say there's necessarily a danger. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that said, if if you're desperately searching for the answers that you know we can give you, um, and you don't find them, um, I mean, that's that's the danger is that you don't have that raised confidence that you could potentially find um, through content or webinar or whatever. But I'm not going to say this is the only place you can get it either. You can, you can get it somewhere else. It's just a matter of which which is right for you, right for your personality, right for your needs. Yeah, I, I like that you went into the personality side because if you're the type of person who likes to ask a lot of questions and get quicker answers than doing a lot of heavy work of, you know, researching and trial and error and, you know, doing things a longer way than, you know, joining communities like this, I believe speed the breakthrough, you know, because it does take a lot longer when you're just hacking away and, and trying to figure things out. So, and that's in anything that's in, you know, business uh, entrepreneurship groups, that's, you know, any type type of topic where you're trying to master it. And I think that's part of what you do really well is that you help those who want to master Facebook ads, you, you give them a, an environment to, to sharpen their skills for sure. Yeah. I laugh a little bit cause I, kind of realizing that the personality I was just describing of like experimenting and figuring things out for yourself is basically me, right? Uh, I am an introvert, right? So I, I don't thrive in a community. Um, so like if it wasn't for me starting that community, I wouldn't be joining them <laughs> to share my experiences and learn. You're not yeah. a joiner. And and I'm I'm a joiner when it comes to accountability circles and yeah. masterminds and all that stuff. But I join so things are easier for us and then I read so you don't have to. I join mm-hmm. so you don't have to. So that's one of the values that I see as you know helping our business. It's I'm I'm always in the pursuit of trying to find better ways to to do things you know faster easier bigger better and you aren't and it's funny that you created a community well think about it i I don't join other webinars i Mm -hmm. don't buy other trainings um i've read i mean i read a lot i don't really read many blog posts anymore that are like Mm -hmm. based in opinion type things it's more like um more of the official like how to kind of stuff. Um, it's kind of weird how it ended up that way, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. But I, I still think it's quite clever because no matter what, that some a lot of people create businesses for themselves. Like meaning, I, I couldn't find a group, so I had to create one for myself, and now I'm hugely, you know, 
asking a thousand questions, blah, blah, blah. Cause I'm that person. You know, when I find that there's something not out there for me, I'll create a Saturday morning huddle. I will, you know, create some Slack channels to get people talking about a particular topic because I want it for me. So it's refreshing to hear, you know, you really didn't create this for yourself, like FUBU for us, by us. Mm. You, you, you didn't do that. And for those that are listening, you can build a business without it having to be for you. It could just be for other people, the kind of people who aren't introverts, you Mm. know, the kind of people who, you know, are seeking answers and asking lots of questions. Now, with all that said, I'm going to final, you know, hit the final stop on this my story brand, which is character transformation. So I won't go through all of what we just went through, but the last stop is character transformation. And we started with a character, uh, a customer, a prospect that wasn't very confident. And now, after let's just say experiencing, let's say someone who's experienced. John Loomer Digital, PHC Elite, or Basic for over three years. What what would you say for those people that were been around for a time that probably started with the confidence levels that may not have been the highest? Where do you see them now? Like I I I don't even know if you can think of a particular person, but have you seen transformation kind of happen through the years? Because I know uh, you do happy hours too. You yeah, do happy hours which you get to talk to some people that you know have been around for a while, right? Yeah, it, I wouldn't say I, I kind of, because you know, it's, it's tough to notice the transformation in real time, right, mm-hmm. when it's happening. Um, so I, we certainly have had members who, who've been around for a long time. I don't recall what they were like when they started. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like thinking about just, how, how friends change, loved ones change, whatever. Uh, how, how you yourself changed. Uh, just trying to keep track. I don't know. I mean, I hear lots of stories about you know the, what, what people learn uh, and where they, how far they've come, and this and that. Uh, but it's easy to spot though those people who've been around for a while, and that um, they're willing to help others. They're excited mm-hmm. to help others. Uh, they're confident in what they know without being uh, arrogant about it and without and really being clear about what they don't know too. Mm-hmm. Um, their processes for problem solving are consistent with with mine and with really the, the base of the community. Um, general philosophies are, are and, and they're kind of, they're basically ambassadors. Uh, for the group as well, so um, yeah, it's it's fun seeing that that evolve though. Um, even if I don't notice it in real time. Yeah, great answers. Well, that's all I got. You did a great job walking through that someone else's <laughs> someone else's model on looking at your brand and the story behind it. So thank you for for your patience in doing that. Thanks, JR. Thanks, everybody else, for listening. And until next time, do awesome things.